Before his death, he said, if there is only one country who was willing to help for, was Guinea. But they don't have what it, but they don't have what it takes. So Sekutoba said, you know what? If you can't go anywhere, come to Guinea. Who dare do that? But that, but that time, take all African presidents. Who dare do such a thing by that time? was betraying them. The people that was very close to the government betrayed them. And there are thousands of thousands of people that was executed. Hi, I'm Obehi Ewanfu, the author of the storytelling series for small businesses and content creators. In Obehi Podcast, we talk about the power of your story, your narrative, and why you should own your voice. Whether you are a small business owner, a content entrepreneur, or you simply want to build your influence, storytelling is probably going to be your best instrument to connect with your audience. So join the awakened few who are owning their voices. Now let's get started with today's episode. Suleiman Konde. I'm originally from Guinea and I recently moved to the United States. And uh, baby, I don't, I just started speaking English two years ago. So, but I, I believe uh, you, we can manage that. I can do my best to speak with those two years of English. I can understand you. So, my audience will understand it also. Uh, here we are I'm talking about sure. storytelling and um and of course let, let's take some time to learn a little bit about you so you are from guinea you are from guinea correct tell me a bit about your background as men grow up like there's many things that happen i was i moved from different places for different to different places when i was younger so i was born in kindia moved from kindia i went to Kankau. From Kanka, I went to Dabola. From Dabola, I went to Conakry, the capital. From Conakry, I had to move around. But thank God, I had my mom and my dad by my side. They all gave me the education necessary, even though I was not listening because, you know, as kids, the kids don't know what they really want. They don't know the importance of what they're doing. So going to school is going to be hard for them and everything. But they managed to keep me on track, and I did my best. The little one that I learned is what keeping me going today. I hopefully I'm gonna learn more. You didn't talk anything about your professional background. Um, okay, we know that now you are coming from Guinea. Uh, is there anything you want to add there? Uh, of course, now you are in the United States. Uh, is there anything you want to add there before we move to the conversation that we have today? Let's it's about uh, Sekuture. Let's move forward. We we gonna find a lot to talk about. All right, that's interesting. Now, you saw a video that we did recently about the life and legacy of Amen Sekuture. Uh, you pretty much have um, a kind of a strong line on that. Uh, you say you have something to say about it. That is why we are here again. Uh, even though we have talked about him before, 
But we can never speak so much about such an individual, Amen Sekutere. In fact, every African leader deserves to be spoken of continuously. We don't just do one episode on them. We are ready to do multiple episodes on them because it gives us also the, the, the possibility of able to express it uh, from different perspectives because all of us are not saying the same thing the same way. What is your take of that particular interview we did about Amen Sekutere? Oh, the biggest thing, that, the, the thing that was interesting the most is the interaction between you two. You, the one that is giving the interview, the question, the way you ask question, the way you listen, the way you like cooperate with him, and the way he's informed and he's talking, he's talking. Because you know, if you are well informed and you're talking to somebody that is not well informed, the, the interaction is not going to go properly. But the man was talking to you, and I saw, I was like, yeah, this podcast is kind of interesting. And this guy, I don't I forgot his name. And I give a shout out to him. I'm like, I was like, he's he knows what he's talking about. But I was like, I think I can add something up to it. So why not get in touch with the guy and see if we can have an interview? And here we go. <laughs> all right. So like I just said, yeah, of course, we are all open to the conversation. So let, let's talk about it. Now, um, tell me about Ament Sekuture. What is your description of the guy himself? My description of the guy himself is, I would just say, he's a man that stand up for the truth. He's a man that did probably bad and did good. But I think everybody that's watching, everybody that knew him, would know him, that would learn about him, you will hear good and bad. But I just want to tell you that the man is a man that had more qualities than default. That's what I'm going to tell about him. When you say the man that have both bad and good, what, what do you mean by that? Would you want to expatiate a bit about that? Ah, so of course, this, let's, this, yeah, yeah. This is what I like about you. You are a well informed guy, and you can keep an interaction going. But, we, you know, if you take the world entirely, you're not going to find a person who is a naturally with no guilt not whatsoever. You can't find that person. You will take the history. You can go back, 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 back. You go to Mao. For Mao, even changing thing, you go to Stalin, you go to Hitler, you go to even the best one that you would choose. They all had uh, the targets. Because if we take in history, you can go to any history book. It's rare to find American, American president guilty of something. Even though he's found guilty, but he's not going down as a devil. He's not going down as an evil person. That's known by everybody. But even them, they had their target. They had what they, they done something which people can say and look at different angles and say that was evil. So there's not perfect man. Every man has a default. Every man does something. There's not there's not a government that is perfectly fine because you, you can have six million over twenty million people in a country and accept to be right about all of them. Because perception is reality, and sometimes perception keeps mind going into wrong. And I can say for that, that that happened to everybody. We are all human, and it can happen to everybody, not only him. That's why I'm talking like that. Now, when did you first learn of the man, Amen Sekuture? I understand that he's your hero. I understand that uh, he's from your country. You're also from there. Uh, but 
I want to believe that you were not born in the same house like him, so you were not living in the same uh, village or town where he grew up. So at a point, you didn't know anything about him. He's the same yeah. for all of us. So tell me, what did you first learn of Amen Sekuture? You know, as a, as a young man, we have all the things that we're worried about. But regardless, you're still going to hear about the man because he was the man that said no to the French colonization and said no to the girl, make them leave. And he's the one that guided the country until 1984. So you for sure are going to hear about him. But when I was growing up, I hear his interviews, but I don't care that much because I'm not interested in the political situation of my country at that age. But I heard, after I heard somebody, people talking about him and I got interested in the political situation of our country, then I, I, I got some interest in him. And I started reading his book because I have his books here online. I have electronic books and everything. And I started listening to his interview. I started listening to documentaries. And uh, you would take position if you're really a rational person. I think a lot of people will feel like I feel. You, you take position. Well, okay, now what are the basis of the position that you are taking? Help me understand what kind of um, uh, uh, impression or opinion did you form of him as you were growing up? All right. As I was growing up, I would just say this I was ne neutral. Because you hear a man executing people, it was uh, kind of hard, you know, for a child to keep that in his heart. But as you advance and you know, you learn about history, the more learning about history, you you will say that people, some people deserve, I'm not gonna say that, this is on camera. Let me try to say as professional as I can on your podcast, okay? So if you take people that wanted to demonize him, you take the French Revolution in the, in, in the in, uh, 1830s, French was betrayed by, by French was betrayed by the people in French. The old citizens was betraying them. The people that was very close to the government betrayed them. And they had thousands of thousands of people that was executed. And in that morning, in French radios, they were singing the glory of French government for detecting the betrayers, the, the traitors, and killing all of them. So, if French has the right to do that, if Guinea is attacked by people coming from other countries and the people living in Guinea and they have been executed, I think there's not the best way to do it but that because they have killed, they killed over 300 people in Guinea. That's citizens that didn't do nothing about it, that didn't do nothing. And the reason why they attacked is this, is, is this. because if you take Africa as a whole, Africa was under French colonization. Not only French, but like European Western colonization. So Portugal, French, and even England was all going against Guinea. Why? Because Guinea was fighting for the freedom of every single country of Africa. If you look at the item of Guinea, the anthem says only things for unity of Africa. Soon as we have our independence, we said, as long as Guinea is not independent, as long as all the countries, every single country in Africa is not free, Guinea is not free yet. 
Because we can be free if all of them are not free. Because by those times, the countries was little. So the economical position and the political position is the, of one country cannot help himself grow. So for him to grow, it has to be that every single country has to be united to go together. So Africa was fighting for the liberation. Because if you look at, like, if you look at Guinea-Bissau, Admiral Cabral, that was the one, the one who was fighting for their freedom. If you look, Guinea-Bissau was divided by two. They had uh, Bissau, the one, the African that was living there, and the Portugal, Portugal people. So it was divided by two. So for him to stay in, in, over there was bad for him because they were trying to attack them already. So Sekutori said, you know what? If you can't go anywhere, come to Guinea. Who dare do that by that, by that time? Take all African presidents. Who dare do such a thing by that time? Who dare do that? He came. So he came there, and then the Portugal in 1970, they did, they, 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 get, they got ready. They did all the training in Senegal, Ivory Coast, and they came to Guinea to arrest one. There's two groups. One group that came to arrest President Sekutuwe, and the second group that came to take, that, to take Portuguese prisoners and send them back to the countries. So when they came, what happened is Portuguese and the Guinea people that betrayed their country to go, to be, that betrayed their country for, for imperialism, they came, when they came, the imperialism betrayed them. So when they got the prisoners, they left. They left them to rot. And when they got them, all of them, when they took them, it's not that, no, they were executed directly. They didn't speak. They didn't do this. Every single body spoke. And there was, a, there was radio everywhere. Because the president said, I did not liberate Guinea. It's the people of Guinea who fought for their country and fought for the president whom they love the most. And who can be a dictator in a country that has that, that is armed, that can fight for themselves, that fight against people that came to take over you. Who can be a dictator over that country? No man alive can be a dictator over a country where people are armed. So you have shown how much you love me and you will never regret it. That's how he said it, according to what he said. So he said, right? And when they came, they left them to rock, they judged them. When you're speaking, it goes by every, every area of Guinea, every dialect. It has to be translated so people can hear everything you're saying. Because if they only do it between them, somebody gonna be like, oh, the president did tell them, told them to punish this one, to leave this one, this, this one. But it's the population that was attacked. And the population that judged them and they were executed in front of everybody. So I think that's something that we can, that can be interesting that we can talk about more because I'm going to go deep into that more, right? But if you look at... Yeah, African, I, would like, I, would, I would like you to, to go more into that because that would be uh, interesting for, for the people in that, okay, we are talking about history, we are talking about what have happened. Sometimes it is not always as simple as it might appear to people. 
uh, yeah. that a lot of things are involved in history. In fact, uh, one person was saying, I don't remember exactly who he was, that history is written in, in red because it is in blood. Because uh, you don't you don't make history by, by just mere opinion. It is hard sometimes. Look at what is happening all across the continent of Africa. We can never liberate ourselves by simply stay in a room and just uh, talking, talking, talking. Yeah, there is a time for the talk, but there is a time also for the action. So those who have brought liberation to African people, uh, they have been involved in very difficult uh, trajectory to be able to get to where they are today. So if you look at the political situation of Africa, I'm saying, I believe, Africans have to learn history, not just learn history to learn it, but learning to take reference from history and to do what they have to do. Because if you look at Ghana, if you ask them who is the best president you guys ever had, they will tell you Kwame Nkrumah. Because he's the man that went down in history as a hero. Right? Good. Let's leave him. Let's go to Thomas Sankara. All of them that you know, Thomas Sankara, he went down as a hero. Uh, Patrice Lumumba, same thing. And a lot more of them. Guess what happened to them? They didn't die because they had to die. They didn't die because their people wanted them to die. But they were killed by imperialism. And all of them that was given a lot of a little bit of freedom, giving space to the people beside them, they betrayed them and they were all they all end up killed by them. You understand what I'm saying? I I, I hope you get where I'm going. So Sekuture, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so Sekuture, he's the one that detected them and executed them, and he was able to stop all of them from coming at him. Do you understand what I'm saying? Everybody that went down as a hero is because French people or imperialism win won against them. Because if you look at Kwame Nkrumah, Kwame Nkrumah ended up in Guinea. Because when Guinea had, in the, let me explain to you the relationship between Guinea and Ghana first. That's why every Ghanaian I see, I said, tell them they are my brothers because they are really lovely people. The reason being, when we got our independence, we lost everything. When French people was living, they left with every single thing. No food. And they poisoned the, the soil so we can eat. So we can like plant, we can grow food. They broke every infrastructure that they built in Guinea. So we were left with no money in the bank, no military, and no nothing. Is Ghana of Kwame Nkrumah that gave us a quick second amount of money in debt with no interest, of course, so we can start it off with that. And we moved forward with that. So we always be thankful to him and not only him, to all Ghanaians. So Kwame Nkrumah ended up in Guinea because why he was betrayed by them. Because when imperialism sees that you don't want the interest in Africa, they straight up go against you. Because why? We can't want your interest in Africa. We say we said no to irresponsibility. We said we want to be resp responsible. So we want to take control of everything, every single thing we have. When Kwame started that, he was killed. 
And once he was killed, he went down as a hero. Let's leave Kwame Nkrumah. When Thomas Sankara too, he was for the whole interest of his country, he ended up getting killed by his own people because there's two different types of people. There's some people that think the dignity only go forward with the dignity of the population, with the dignity, with the well-being of their people. And there's some people that only think that they can be somebody only for them. They think their dignity only goes forward if they are if for their well-being. They leave the population, they leave the people behind them, and they only worry about themselves. And the second type of people are the people that still leaving Africa behind. And to continue on that subject, when he purchased Lumumba too, he was dead too. But he didn't even do, I don't think he did six months in power. But his ideas. But let me start it off with Seku. If Seku is going down in history as a devil, he's being demonized and thrown back in history as, the, as a villain, it's because if you talk about Seku, you talk about that he won against French colonization. He won against Portuguese. He won against all of them. You know, my friend, there is a... That created many people. Okay? He created people how he wanted and he gave them free will so they can think for themselves. But there's people that don't learn, they only follow. So even people that say they, are, they love Sekuture, I know there's many of them that just don't know why they follow him, but they just follow him because they've been told something. You know, if you ask Guinea right now, I know the majority of people, at least the 80%, tell you he was a hero he was a great man they will speak good about him but another 20 percent will not say good about him because some parents has been killed some family has been killed they've been called called betrayers so all of those things so yeah that's why that's how that's how it's gonna be in guinea kind of a misreaction among the people yeah but he said this he said this before he said the revolutions create the counter-revolution. Why? He's saying if somebody is within the revolution and somebody catches him somewhere talking bad about the revolution and he, come, you come, he comes to tell to the president and the president says, hey, you know what? You've been caught talking bad about the revolution so you got to be out of the revolution. You got to be out of the party. So he said, if he's not, if you're not a man of heart, you're not a man of faith, it's very difficult not to go against that revolution because you had everything you wanted, the power and everything, but now you're out of that. So you have to be a man of faith not to go against that. So he said that before and he acknowledged all that. If you take his book and read it, he talked about the movement of how they went up and everything. So that's one of the things about Africa too. Let me just go say this before we go into Sekutere again. That's what this one of the things about Africa. The, they have books that they, get, they still read in my country, in school. Those books, if I read them, I'll, feel, I'll be sick. That's why I never read them once. And all my teachers, if you're looking at me, I never read those books once. Why? Because it's just silly to me. 
the, the, réveil, the réveil de l'Afrique, which means Africans awaken. I don't know the name in English. And there's many other books. You know, all that those books say is what, when Africa was suffering, and it says when Africa was being liberated. But all African child know the problems of Africa. We all see it, we all live in it. So we don't need to be explaining to me, to us again, over, over and over again. We need solution. We need the solution for them. If you want to read books, the books that can be solution for, to our problems. So which are, which are that book? Those books are not the ones. If you take the book of Sekuture and you start reading it, you will see many things that is very useful to the children of our continent. All right, I wanted to spend some time uh, explaining some of those concepts because you, you also did make mention of um, Thomas Sankara before. And I, I think that people that are uh, thinking about Africa, I, I usually make a reference to Thomas Sankara here because there are very basic principles of life that people need to understand. Uh, one of the very simple, it's, a very, it's an elementary idea that Thomas Sankara was saying on that you should eat what you produce and produce what you eat. It is simple, but it's very, very deep. In that if you have to survive by the providence of other people, then you are a slave to that people because until you do their way, you do their bidding, they will not give you food to eat, which means you are, you are not free. But if you can live by your labor, which is you, you build a kind of a relationship between you and your land, what, is, what are the resources in your land you develop it for your good, then you will be able to stand on your two feet and negotiate with the other people who are going to come to your land or whom you are going to enter into their land for interaction. So talking about this this basic idea, maybe using that Thomas Sankara as an example, which are these basic ideas that you can point hand to in Sekuture, uh, maybe the thing that influenced you, what you really like about him, about his philosophy, about his how he would want to project the kind of future for Guinea people and for Africa, for example. Before I go on, before I started talking to Seku, like if people are listening to this, I just want to tell you this. All the continent, all the continent that are left behind, the world has moved forward and we are all left behind to rock. There's no solution for none of us no more. Because there's no future for Africa. The reason being is the children are not worried about learning. The children are worried about being famous. How are we going to be led by people that don't know what they are doing in our country, literate people? So we're going to rock, we're going into, 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 where, into those people that give us food. We're still going to keep demanding them. If you take Guinea, by the time of Seku, as I told you before, I'm going to say it again. We had, we had no military, no food, no pay for nobody, no nothing. But the party, they are, the party has, the PDG organized everything. When they organized everything, when he was leaving, when he was leaving, we had an airplane. We had one of the strongest armies in, in West Africa, in, in West Africa, and also, we, we had more embassies than all French country, all French colonizations. We had more embassies than all of them. 
And Guinea, only the capital, Conakry, was getting expectation of food, was being supplied with food. All the rest, all the rest was getting, or was producing their own food, growing them into, uh, within their own land, and they were satisfied with that. And every, everything, because you know when, uh, when this uh, Kwame Nkrumah was the president first, all his, like, I'm, I'm sorry, when uh, the Libyan president, can you remember his name again? Gaddafi. Gaddafi. When Gaddafi became president, the first thing, he, the first thing, first he did, because he that guy, if you read about him, if you read about him, he's a very smart guy. When he came first, he tried nationalize everything in the country. The farms, the patrol, the oil, the oil farms and everything. And the army of United States has its base in there. And they kicked them out. Because why? As long as they have the army on your land, you are not independent. You depend on them. I know you're a well-informed guy and you can know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. So, before even, once Seku came, nothing was owned by them. We had everything. So that's the reason why imperialism was against his regime. Because everything is with us. And we said no to them. Everybody has said yes. So if our no is shown as the best, they're going to, be look, they're going to look bad. But if the yes is best, they think we're going to regret it. So that's the fight between France and Guinea. But before Seku left, we had farms, we had manufacturers. We, get, we could make uh, books in our own country. Uh, not books and many other things, like bricks, not only bricks, confiture. I don't know how to say that in English. I'm very sorry for that. I'd let you, I, I told you in advance, right? So, confiture, that's something that you put in bread and eat it. So, it was supplies for everybody. Everybody was getting paid. And one more thing, let me tell you this. If you go to school and you finish school talking about you don't have school, you don't have job, that was not on his time. In his time, everybody, once you finish with school, you directly have a job. So, everybody was employed. You might say, oh, it's not enough with this because of the political situation of the country, but you had something to eat, you will not suffer. So you see all, all that right. progress? Mm -hmm. All right. The, what happened after? When, when he left, what happened? Oh. Did the people not understand what he was saying? How did the country turn back to what it is today? Tell me something about that. You know, the man was a strong man. I'm saying this, I'm gonna say this. If you had to give a name to Guinea, another name to Guinea, you should call it Sekuture. And if you had to give another name to Sekuture, you should call him Guinea. The man he stood firmly for the country and did everything he could. That's to prove that without him, everything was going to fall down. Because you know, God created God created people for some things. So God created him for that. And I think he realized that when he was going along the way. He seen that, yes, if I leave, nobody can stand up to this guy like I do. But when he left, he died 
in America here, in Hawaii, Hawaii Cleveland, when he died, when he died, the, the military took over. Because the military was a friend of to take over when he was there. As soon as he died, he passed away, they took over. When they took over, the same French came to talk to them and tell them to told them to privatize every enterprise over there. So the farms and everything, the things, the stuff kept going down because now corruption is into is in there. Everything is like everything kept collapsing. The 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 economy collapsed. The farms falling apart. The warehouses closed. So from that, they sold our plane. So that's that. That's why we're here, and I guess that's what the God decided for us. But I think now the now the generation is more if is more informed, and I think they they have the dignity and the history of the countries calling them. And I think if they take charge, they're gonna do better than all these other presidents. And I hope so too. And Sekuture, speaking about him. He's the man. You know, every man likes freedom. Every man likes living good. So if he was not trying to work for the country, he was trying to work for himself, he could have done like many others. Because Ofet Bouani of Côte d'Ivoire, he said it openly. He said, when he was speaking to Sekoutou, Sekoutou didn't listen. He said, but hey, me, I wanted to leave. So you see where that's going. So he's afraid of being killed. So he valued his life more than the well-being of the country. And that was the opposite of Seko. He valued the country more than his own life. So he was ready to go down for the continent as a whole. Because see, seeing Kwame Nkrumah, take the example of Kwame Nkrumah. If you, if you are informed about this, before the body of Kwame Nkrumah goes back to Ghana, they had a whole lot of problems. Because Kwame Nkrumah was, he passed away in, I think, uh, Romania. And he, this, he was sent to Guinea. In Guinea, they were talking about, oh, send him back to Ghana. But he told them, he said, the traders of Ghana has forgotten something. They thought Kwame Nkrumah was a Ghanaian. But they forgot that he's not a Ghanaian. No, he's an African. He's an intergalactical man. So he can live everywhere. So he's Guinean. He stays here. And he was here until they, they had agreement with all the different countries. And he let him go. Because he was, he told them, if he's going, you took over him. If he's going, you have to establish him as the president of Ghana and give all the glory to him before you buried him. And that was the case. He and then he released him after a long period of negotiation. Not only him, Nelson Mandela. And you might as well know this person. Not only Nelson Mandela. It was a, it was a woman that was it was a well singer in of uh, South Africa. Everybody in South Africa should know him. She was all of them. Ma Maria Makeba. Miriam Makeba. Correct. You're a well informed guy. You see, right? Miriam Makema came to Guinea and with many other of them. She said it in English version. She said, Guinea 
it's not always it's not just said that the countries are welcome when you come you are really welcome and it's like your country because she was participating in, in governmental actions in guinea Nelson mandela they came to guinea and there's some people that even say that the liberation of south africa the secretary had more impact than in, into it than Nelson Mandela. That secretary did more than Nelson Mandela. But hey, again, I'm not going deep, deep into that because I'm not well informed in that. But before I say something without backing it up, this is what they said about him. Secretary, when uh, this when Nelson Mandela was in Guinea, he was taking a training, military training here, because he was getting ready to go back and fight for the country. And Secretary said, yes, if you're going back to fight, you have an account. I will, I mean, I, like, I will put money into that account until the end of your fight. And that was the case. And National Mandela and many more was were struggling with Guinean passport. passport. Patrice Nwumba, before his death, he said, if there's only one country who was willing to help us, was Guinea. But they don't have what it but they don't have what it takes. If not, they was going to help us. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like every country was coming here. So that's why all of them now was against Guinea. That's where the problem, that's where many of the problem comes come from. And yeah. Oh, all right, that, 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 that's clear, that's clear. Now, tell me something about the idea uh, that a secretary left behind. And if that idea was understood, one time I was interviewing uh, a former member of uh, the Kwame Kruman government. Uh, of course, it's an, it's an old man. Um, so I was uh, asking him if the people of Ghana actually understood what uh, Kwame Krumah was talking about in terms of Pan-Africanism. Because if they understood it, we will have a different kind of Ghana and perhaps a different kind of Africa. So uh, looking at uh, Sekuturei, and because we are talking about him, as of the time that he died, or before he died, did the people of, did the Guinean people understood what he was doing for them? And where he was taking them to. Tell me about that. I absolutely and totally believe that Guinean people understood. They just did not understand, but they believed in him. They believed in the PDJ, the party. Because when he when you look at the party, and not only the party, the population that was living there, you look at every single person like in his time. The majority, there's a large contingent of people between them that will tell you that, hey, he was doing great. The country was moving forward. We were better than all these countries, this country, this country, this country. They will tell you the political situation. They will tell you how good they were living. They will tell you how much no crime was co being committed here. Because if you shoot at night in the morning, who, who, who shot has been found? So I'll tell you, they knew where he was taking them because if he was still living till now, if I had to beg God to see something, I would have begged him to see that day. If the people understood him, what did they do when 
the government was overthrown by the military. You know, the military was uh, in a position where all African countries have done it. Only them did not do it. So it's not just for the country, but it's just so them they can say they did it too. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when they took over, everything fell apart. It's an army. You know, populate the people are scared. By then, on Sekutu's time, if you want to be revolted, be revolted for a good reason. Don't do it for no, no reason. You understand? So Guinea people was disciplined. Everywhere they go, even when you speak to those people till nowadays, you speak to them, their language and our language is far more different. So they were so disciplined, they didn't do nothing about it. They were just sitting out looking, wishing for him to do better, but that didn't happen and we found ourselves in this position. Till now, we're still trying to go forward, but you know. That, that sounds like a justification. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You see, you, you said uh, something before when you made mention of responsibility. And I think it is very important. Uh, in 2015, I think, I did a documentary that I titled uh, Pan-African is the Testing Ideas or Reality. Uh, the thesis of that documentary was to ask fellow Africans, we had this beautiful idea of Pan-Africanism, but is it only an idea or is it something that can be practical? If it is something that can be practical, how do we measure it looking at the reality in Africa today? We can even touch most of the war that have happened in Africa, the post-independence war, like maybe uh, the war in Nigeria, the, the Nigeria-Biafra civil war, three years war, leading to nearly three million people dead. We can talk of the, the war in Liberia and Sierra Leone, that of Sierra Leone was, uh, we see people now, their hands be put on, on a wood and chopped out. That is, that is disturbing. Now we see what happened in Rwanda. Of course, it's not just because I want to talk of this, uh, this, this graphic, no? But I'm trying to understand, if we are Africans, if we are brothers and sisters, how come we can't even manage to understand how to live together as a people? Where do we put this beautiful idea and then do all sort of havoc that we do um, among ourselves and still pretend that we are brothers and sisters? But for us now to take conscience of those things that happen, people seeing their mothers laying down dead, the brother's hand cut off, themselves' legs cut off. Now we are well informed. I can say we are way more informed than the people that was living before us. We have technology in our at our door. So Africa being together, I don't see it happening as the United States of Africa. I personally don't see it happening. If that has to happen, you have to have a huge war in Africa. For that to happen, a huge war. And I'm not saying this to wish war, but that's the only way it can happen. Because if you look at all the countries right now, which president do you think will surrender 
and be a governor and to let one person be bigger than him. Everybody worried about themselves. Everybody want the power. And not only that, they all will want to be the president and the people in those countries will be worried about themselves too. Because, oh, I'm Guinean, I'm this, I'm this. If you come to America, it's unbelievable how they all think they are American. You cannot even believe that there have, have been different countries back then. That's how unbelievable it is. But for us now, we cannot do that. That's what I'm telling you since the, since the beginning. I was telling you this. The way the world is going forward, we, are, we have been all left behind. We have been left to rot because of the technology. The kids are sitting down. They are now studying to know the history of the country so they can know where we are going to, to know the history of the world so they can know where we are going to, so they can take position. They are not doing that. They are looking at Facebook, Instagram. They are looking at comedies. And some girls are being naked to say, my body is my body. One thing that is the problem of Africa, that we had freedom when we didn't have to. We had freedom at the wrong time. When I say we had freedom, this is what I'm saying. Not being free from imperialism, but being free like the European wanted us to be. <laughs> that, that is very important. I, I would like you to spend some time there. Uh, in that, yeah, it, it looked like uh, a, a kind of a situation where, yeah, you give somebody freedom to the extent that you want it to be free, but not to be free in the real sense of it, where you are free to be free, no? You know, they are not the same thing, no? Yeah, so I, I would like you to spend some time there. So here's a, an interesting thing. All the Western countries, they had democracy when? Question. For, for every person that is interested in this to answer. They had democracy Way after, and the, the United States had democracy way after, freedom of speech way after, because every single one of them had the revolution, and the revolution was a spread blood over the world. The people was under control before they get to certain position, but then they they left the position we are like it's like it's a it's a car. Africa and Europe, Europe was here. You see, they were all here. Moving from here, the European went up, and them up now. When they were here, we were doing the same thing. Nobody had the freedom to speak when they were in the revolution, because everybody was punished for it. But when they left. Oh, they say, okay, you know what? Let everybody have freedom to speech. And now we are still here, but they want us to have freedom of speech. How do you think we're going to get there now? Impossible. If we are free in a certain ways, being free is what? The country has his norms. You can do this, you cannot do this, you can do this, you cannot do this, you can do this, you cannot do this. Right? But after those things, they want us to live. That's why Uganda, right now, I don't have nothing against gays. Just let me be, make that clear. Clear. 
I don't have nothing against gays. But Uganda right now, the first thing is what? Uganda is a country. If the mass part of the country has decided to be, to forget to be out of their countries, it's their rights. It's their countries. When did America allow gays rights? When did they allow that? Just recently. So why do you want to impose it to someone that is not at your level yet? Let them be at your level. We have different problems we have to be worried about. We have children to, we have children to be fed. We have children to, that, is, that are working on the street with water bottle on their head that are not going to school or school time. So don't all those children who go to school, there's children sick, they are dying. With all those children to go to the hospital before we be worried about gays, right? Because that's something very different. If you are at this level, all the children in your continent, in your country, are going to school. All, all, everybody is working. Everybody that is fit to work is working. And we have, we have not reached that point yet. How do you believe that we're going to ignore those stuff and be worried about gay rights that you just admitted it? You just accepted it. Why? It's because they want us to be left behind. That's the only reason why they are doing all those stuff. Everything they say to us is not for us. It's against us. They, can't, they don't want us. Can you believe if these people really wanted to help Africa? Do you believe there are billionaires all over the world here? Do you think they're not going to build something for Africa to have electricity as a whole? Do you think Kadhafi was going to die? And that's one thing, one interesting too, thing too. African, that's the problem. They say Africa united like Pan-Africanism. Kadhafi was dead in front of everybody. Who want to help him? Nobody. But I tell you this. I, I, I tell you this. Why? Because I'm telling you, they value their life more than they value African country, continent well-being because i tell you this if it was Kwame Kuruma and Sekuture, those are the ones that i know and i know there's many more but those if those were alive they were going to do something about it because when libya lost it's not only us that lost it's not only libya that lost we all lost because libya was trying to make us progress go forward so if he has tried that and he dead, why? We don't know why, because nobody can tell you the, the real reason why. You understand what I'm saying? And if he's dead over there, so if somebody else tried to take us forward, he will also die. And you can see many examples, many more examples in Africa, all, over, all around the world that are dead and everything. So you see what I'm saying? That's why, let me give you this example before we go forward. I'm not saying he's doing something good, but Kim Jong-un, Kim Jong-un, his people are here. But with the propaganda, they can say, oh, they're not living li good life. They're disconnected. Of course they're disconnected. Because Kim Jong-un knows if you're not disconnected with the real world, the, the higher power, they're going to try to strike you. Once they strike you, now everything is falling apart and your country is going to be a third world country like the rest. But he had the fourth largest army of the world. He had one with an interview with Donald Trump four times. They had meetings. 
they are trying to sell Zeto because they want him to stop the the chemical training. He said no because he knows when he stopped that they're gonna know that he is now weak. Now we can do anything we want to him, but he rather be poor but be strong. You get what I'm saying? That's the thing with him. But the only way African we can be strong right now is we all get together. What, but, but, but how is it possible for us to get together? It is the time of uh, Kwame Krumah at the time of Sekuture. Did all the Africans actually go together? Did all the Africans actually agree? So I'm trying to really understand this one. I want to go back again to what I was saying before, uh, which is uh, looking at how to uh, make a comparison or try to understand the idea or the idea of Pan-Africanism and the reality in Africa. Have we ever really, all of us, agreed on the same thing? Or do we need some individual who can see the clear vision and lead the people? Of course, uh, we pay the price as it may cost because there is, no, there is no such thing as anything for nothing. Everything has a price. That is, that is where I'm, I'm sort of going there. Correct. Correct. I'll tell you this. That's, that's an interesting point. And you're right for that. Because now that I sit and think about it, there, there was really, there was never a real union in Africa. Because there's two people that me, I always go against. Two people. And I, I will go against them in front of anybody. They were two hypocrites. The president of Senegal and the president of Ivory Coast. The former president, the first presidents, them two, not gonna say their names. But them two was hypocrites. You know why? Because Senegal but back then was uh I'm gonna say the capital of uh French colonies and Ivory Coast too was the where they import everything and it was the world most developed countries of Africa. So that's just an example to show you that. There's some people that take their own interest and put that ahead than the interest of the whole continent and the well-being of everybody on the continent. That's that's one that's one thing. But I guess the solution for that, I can tell you, because I'm not God, I don't make God, I don't make humans. All I can say is every human has his heart. All we can wish for is to have some pe people that are ready for Africa to go forward. If we are ready for Africa to go forward, all we can do is get together. Because I'm going to tell you, all this nonsense these people are doing is because we are not together. Because I promise you, once we get together, they can't do this stuff. Why? Because, let me tell you, they knew they need us. And they for sure know that they need us. I'll tell you that. But the thing is what, they know when they strike Guinea, Nigeria is not going to say nothing. So they will still cooperate with Nigeria. And they know if they strike Nigeria, Guinea is not going to say nothing. So they still going to cooperate with them. So here's the thing. If we are united, this country right now strikes Nigeria. And every single member of, that, of, the, of the continent says, you know what? We have uh, we have some so some punishment against you. So you you can't co co cooperate with us no more. 
we're not gonna sell our gold to you. No boxes is being sold to you now, so sold to you now, no diamond, no riches is being sold to you now. Imagine they say that. Do you think they're gonna dare do something like that again? No, that's why they don't want that unity between us. Mm, all right, that, that takes me again to the to the question of the responsibility that is on us. Yeah. It depends on us. It is not on them. It have never been on them to want our good. In fact, they never want our good and they will never want our good. It's like saying that the slave need to wait that one day the enslaver will set him or her free. It will never happen. Except maybe when you are useless. When you are useless, you can be set free. But if you are, as long as you are useful, <laughs> you are a profit to the enslaver. So why would they set you free? It's like, so let me give you an example. Before you continue, I'm not trying to yeah. cut you off. Before you continue. You and I right now, right? Let's say you and I, we are somewhere. And there is food in front of you and I. <laughs> but the food that is there, you need to eat for a period of time of six months. So did I. And you and I, somebody has to take that food and eat. Only one person can eat that food. And we are there. Do you think he loved me more? He loved me enough not to eat that food? No. So I'm not saying when they're attacking us, it's because they are attacking us for anything else or because they don't like us or anything. But because they know if they don't do it, they're going to die. Everything's going to collapse. We're going to be in front of them now. And now they're going to be our, our, our inferiors now. So that's the problem. They're doing it for survival. Do you understand? So they're doing that for survival. So let me just let you continue the, your question. All right. You Th Thank you for pointing out that. Uh, that is very important. In fact, it's in line with what we are saying here. That the Europeans, the West, are going to do everything they can to survive. But what about us? Are we going to do everything There's we can question, to survive too? <laughs> because That's the question, big brother. Uh, they are That's not the going. They are never. They don't have. Europeans don't have any plan to save Africa. It never happened. It will never happen. Whether you are looking at it from the point of view of the economy, the military, the religion, you know, it is stupid for Africa to believe that Europeans, some European organizing says, and they say, oh. We want to go and save Africa. It's a lie. It never happened. And it will I'm never happen. That. Like, so, let me, let me yeah, yeah, go, go, go. There is this book that you should read Machiavelli. <laughs> Machiavelli, the prince. I left it downstairs, right? But I'll tell you if you read that book, I'll tell you, it's the book is the best book of all time. I'll tell you, it's the book that will stay forever because it talks about human beings. There's one thing. It's the only book that I've seen that says the things like they are. You know, all the other books, they say, oh, how things should be. They don't say how things are. They say how things should be. Like, if you take every single book of here right now, they say, oh, like, you take this. It says, it tells you how things should be. It take, like, it take becoming, it tells you how things should be. All of them, right? But Machiavelli tells you how things are. 
So in this situation, what, what we're talking about right now, Africa, that's what they're telling you. European want us to be free. They don't want to stay here. They want to go live to their country. You understand? But we have to be independent on them before we can get, before they can live here. So they make sure we are independent on them. So that's why Africans don't grow food. How? <laughs> can you imagine that? Like, I don't know if you sit down and imagine how Africa don't grow food that is enough for them to feed themselves. Do you imagine that a second? How? Like, why? How difficult is that? What, what, about, what, about, what about electricity? You know, everything that happened in Africa, it's almost like a mystery, but it's not really a mystery. The explanation is that there is somebody who just want to, who just enjoy the suffering. For example, the other day I was asking a guest here in this podcast, how come that Nigeria, for example, still haven't figured out how to have light? In Nigeria, we are still in darkness. Now, light has been invented several centuries ago. You see, there are multiple sources of generation for light in Nigeria. And it will cost us very little. Which are they? Let me just make, make mention of three that are evidently abundant in the country. Wind. Is there any example of any country in the world that is relying on wind enough? Look at Germany, for example. Oh, there are wind in Germany, there are no wind in Nigeria. So Nigeria cannot develop wind meat to generate electricity. Is that a reason? <laughs> it's a laughable one. Another one is the nature, is the, even the nature of the Nigerian people or African as it were. Our skin are like this because of too much heat. Now, if we just take tap the energy of the sun, there will be too much energy in Nigeria. The whole of the, if I the whole of the continent. You want to tell me that the Nigerian University, the lecturer, the politician, they haven't thought of it. They don't know that it is possible. It's because the third one, the, the third one is water, hydro. Yeah. Of all the waters in Nigeria, of the because it doesn't really take rocket science, because. We even in Nigeria, we don't even need to invent anything anymore because it's already there. It's the logic. You know, you just need to go there and tap. Is that this is how they are doing it? You just go, uh, you, you need a dynamo, no? You need you need water that is turning and it's turning a machine and the machine is generating it because all these have been worked out. There is nothing difficult to understand. I'm not a scientist. I am not, but I can understand that it doesn't require too much to generate life in. It, it is too simple to be done. That's what that I'm saying. But the problem is, we, they are stopped. They cannot do it because they are stopped. Can you imagine? Let me tell you one thing. Why? You know, they know something. Europeans, they know something. Africans, we are hustlers. We can survive in any land on earth. So we can be adapted to everything. So they know if we have water, food and electricity we don't care about nothing else we can leave them like that so we can even send them f them we don't want to see them no more you understand what i'm saying so they know they don't want that so we have to rely on them with for many things for our foods we rely on them 
And that when we and they do everything in the Machiavellian way, because Machiavellian say don't bring nobody to power ever. He says always when you win a battle against an enemy, always make the enemy rely on you. Because if he does not, if if the, the enemy does not rely on you, you're losing power into that territory. And the example is when the the the, 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 the bar, barbarian, barbarian, right? The barbarian, barbarians. When they attacked, when when was attacked by them, what happened? When 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 Rome won, they didn't leave nobody behind. The point didn't leave nobody behind. They just left. So he said, you can't attack a country if you can't leave somebody behind or make them rely on you. So when they left, the barbarian they got they they became themselves again and grow into something else so you see that's the example he gives so european doing everything so we can stay within their power they want us to stay there but you know what so unbelievable our brothers that leave our countries and go live somewhere else if you talk to them you speak to them you'll be ashamed of saying that that's one of your brothers from africa many of them don't want to go back that's not my point. Maybe you don't want to go back. That's on you. But there's plenty of them. When they come here, African culture, they forget it. They don't want it no more. They think like we are inferiors. What Americans, Europeans are doing is what is best. So, oh, they want to take that. Go give that to our people in our, in our, in our continent. And now we are ashamed of what we have. So if we are worried about, we are ashamed, ashamed of our culture, do you think we're going to be worried about having electricity, having this, having that? No, I'm telling you, it's a responsibility that everyone, every single one of us has to take. Everyone. People that are rich, you are rich. You love your country. You don't need over $25 million in your world. What do you want to buy? You don't want to buy the world if you have over 24, 25 million dollars, it's enough. Don't steal it all. Steal some and build some for us. Because at least we know, regardless, all of you guys gonna steal. But at least steal some and do something for us. Because we have seen it all. You don't need over 25 million dollars. What are you gonna buy? You can buy any house you want with 25 million dollars. You can go to any vacation you want. You can leave some for your kids. You can do anything you want with the 25 million dollars. So even if you are rich outside the government, you're being rich by your own. Do something for the continent. That's the biggest problem with the African too. We we vote for people that never built something, that living outside the country. <coughs> sorry for that, okay? So like, <laughs> I'm sorry for that, okay? So we vote for people that are living outside the country they never built something in the country and we accept them to come to power and do something and not only that your grandmother when your grandmother is praying for you what does she pray you to do for she prays you become a president Why? because you think when you become a president you want to make money does the president make a lot of money no it's a status but to in africans head the president has to make a lot of money so if you are praying for me to become a president and to have a lot of money. Why are you mad at the person that is there already and stealing? 
adopted mindset. That's why education comes into it. The biggest problem is the kids walking on the street with water on their head on school time. Those are the kids that when you tell them tomorrow, we have to like recess everybody, we have to register everybody. Oh, you want to register me to sell me? I'm telling you, I've seen people that said that they want to register them to sell the country. You cannot believe it. Like it's so like it's asinine to think about it. Because if you take the education, let's educate the children. When they are all educated, so when they are educated, they are informed. And when we are all informed, that's when we can be as one. But if you, some, some are not informed and some are informed, between the informed people, they're going to have always two types of people. The people that want all to us to go ahead and the people that want to keep us falling back. It's the evil. And the people that want to keep us falling back will, because the ones that are ignorant, that they didn't learn nothing, always rely on the ones that know. So if I tell you, the president want to kill us today, and you believe me, oh, really? Shit, that's good. We take the stones and everything, throw to them, right? So the, the one that don't know should he be equal to the one that know. No, they should never be equal. So the one that don't know shall rely on the one that knows. But if there's many, if there's many people that don't know, the one that knows for sure is humans. That's what Machiavelli said. He's a human, he's an hypocrite. He's a, he's an hypocrite that will deceive you. They always look somebody to deceive and then they will deceive that person. So if we got 10, 10 people here that know, that are intellectual, and we have tw 25 people where they don't know, between those 10 people, there's always one that want to keep us back. Always that guy. That guy that want to keep us back, he will go to the 25 people. Trust me, he will find, find at least five people that he can deceive. Because at least there's five people over there that believe he knows more than all of you guys. So those people that don't know want to follow him. That's where the opposition comes in. And when the opposition comes in, can we be together again? No, because it's always going to be two sides. Those two sides, that's what we should fight for. To fight for that, everybody should learn. Everybody should be able to have education. Because now when everybody have education, we don't have to worry about the one that don't know being convinced by somebody that want to keep us back. Thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah. That, that's I very important. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's clear. And I believe also the people that are listening to us, uh, they are getting the message that it is the most important thing because we are here for the people. Yeah. We're, we're just talking, but we are trying to pass the information to them. And I believe that they are getting the message. I believe All right. Uh, looking back at uh, Amen Sekuture, because he's the uh, subject of the conversation today. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think people should remember him for as the leader of, uh, of Guinea? I think people should remember him as a lion of Africa, or oh, a silly, damning elephant of Africa, a man who's left his life, who could have lived good life, but left all behind, risked his family, risked his life, just to direct the country into uh, to independence, from independence, lead the country to a well-being of everybody, 
So he put his glory into the glory of the country. Not only the country, he put the, his glory into the glory of the continent. So he didn't only stand for his country, he stood for everybody. Every single country that needed help, if he could help, he would even risk his life to help him. So I want them to believe that he was the man that stand up for the truth and did everything to establish the truth. And he be I believe if he's dead now, he is greater. He's better than he was alive. Now, what would be your final thought here to conclude the conversation that we have had? Uh, maybe a message you want to leave for the listeners or a final reflection? Uh, help me understand that. The message is, if we talk about Sekuture, we talk about Kwame Kuma, we talk about all African president. We're not talking about them. We're talking about Africa. Africa, without them, is still Africa. But them without Africa was never going to be known as somebody's. So the problem is Africa. We had problems. We had problems. We had problems. Educate your mind. If you are listening to this video, neither you went to school or you did not, you can go to school or know you're too busy with work. At least send your child to school. Our generation is lost. Anybody that have a single hope in this generation is a foolish. He's a fool. He does not know what he's talking about. I, I hope he wakes up one day. But this generation has perished. All we can do is get ready, is get the next generation ready. Our children, those are the ones that can benefit from this continent. Us, we are done. So if you really, truly believe in Africa, you truly want Africa to go forward, send your kids to school. Do everything in your possibility to send them to school. And if any president of any country by any chance listen to this, the first thing first, don't do nothing, don't build nothing. Send the kids to school, all of them. Those kids walking on the street at school time, all of them. Do your first thing should be education first. That's all we need right now. Because if we are all educated and we are now standing in the face of adversary, we can face adversity. But if we don't know nothing, we can never face adversity. This generation is done. This generation will never taste the glory of Africa. This generation will never have the well-being in Africa because we are already done, the generation is passed over. We have left, we have been left behind. So send the kids to school, take care of the kids, make sure they know what they're supposed to know, even not, uh, not a lot, but enough to be to face adversary, adversary, but enough to understand and analyze something that has been put in, in his face. So thank you, everybody. Everybody that's following us, thank you. Appreciate you guys have taken time to look at all to look at us, look at the video, and also obey. Thank you so much. I really appreciate uh, the time that you took for me and giving me the platform. Thank you so much. I hope you have a nice one, and I hope you send your kid to school too. <laughs> thank you so much for that. Um, thank you, my friend. I, I appreciate it. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe so you never miss any of our future episodes. Rate and review Overhead Podcast and share with your friends who might need it. Thank you so much for listening. 
I'll talk to you in the next episode.